in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. I am Matt Nost. And I am excited uh, to do this list. Uh, Matt, I'm... uh uh, this is we recording this was just before heading off to Australia. Have a little fun there on a set visit for Invisible Man. Uh, no, not the 98 Degrees song for those of you who are massive fans of boy bands. This is the uh, remake of the 1940s film like Deep Cut. Yeah, well, was that a single? Uh, it was a single. Okay, well, that's fine. A CD single, yeah. I just, I well, it's not fine. You can listen to whatever you want to, <laughs> but it just if you went that deep with them where you knew, oh, yeah, it was the seventh track. On their first oh, album. Oh, no, that would be too far. That would be too far. But it's just like, oh, yeah, they released it. Then I probably heard it. I think it was their only, like, legitimate hit. But maybe I'm wrong. Nick Lachey in 98 Degrees, I think it was their only shit. I don't remember their song. Oh, I remember enough. him and his little brother. Yeah. And then the other dude, who the yeah. blonde-haired guy. Yeah. Didn't look like he was, it should be in a boy band type of guy. <laughs> he looks like us. You know what I mean? It's like Donnie Wahlberg. You look like Donnie Wahlberg, you go... You were in a boy band? It seems like you don't fit in this boy band type of look. Okay. I was thinking more like in Color Me Bad. There was oh, the Kenny the, G looking guy. Yeah, that Kenny G guy should not have been in. The, all of a sudden, you're like, what are you doing here? They all looked like a, an amalgamation of people. Like, right? You had the, you had the black dude who looked yeah, like they an were R&B all, guy. The exactly. Kenny G guy. Too generic. Yeah. Like the George Michael looking dude. Wannabe looking, though. Yeah, yeah. There's George Michael stunt double. <laughs> And then his stunt double, stunt double. They had two dudes that had almost the same vibe. Have you seen him now? The main dude? He's got, I know he got uh, corpulent. Let's say that. Let's say say he he expanded. Let's just say that. He's a rather large fella. Uh, And he got into, apparently, during, you can find this video on YouTube, during some show recently in the next year or two, he like was mad that one of the Color Me Bad guys. Like took his solo or took his spot or something while he was in the center of stage, comes back off stage and shoves the dude onto the ground in the middle of the performance. Bro, no offense, bro. I mean You should just be happy people still paying to hear you sing, son. You want to get all pissed off about it? Yeah, you say that and then what if cut to twenty years if I'm doing and some guy comes out as like knockoff outlaw. You tell me you don't get so pissed off that you go and push him down? John, I know you. If I'm still doing the outlaw in twenty years, You'll be doing the album no, in 20 years. hell no. Much as I uh, saw on Twitter, Bibiani's like, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm doing the schmo down until I die. Did he really say that? There's something equivalent to that, and I saw it, and I was like, that seems about right. That <sighs> yeah. seems about right. B- Bibiani would. There's a few guys where I'm just like, I could see him he's being that, a lifer. He's got that Grand Canyon-sized need to be loved by the Schmodown people and the fans. It is not from a place of uh, you know, wanting to find, play the game. Find me a performer in this town that doesn't have a need of... Hey, look, that's fine if you don't want to slow down. I, I but play you for want fun. It, you want it for all... Yeah, 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 but at the same time, you want the adulation if you can get it. No, I don't want the adulation. It's nice to get it. I don't want it. Yeah. Want it means I would go that extra mile, like go into people's houses. If I started my own separate YouTube channel so that I could just have these conversations with fans... That's wanting the adulation. And you had I a don't. podcast where the outlaw spoke to the fans? Oh, the outlaw nation? Yeah, but that was more like me speaking about political issues and social just social issues of the of the day and, and mental health stuff. It was more about helping the fans. It wasn't I wanted them to kiss my ass or tell me positive things. I'm just saying you did branch off and take <laughs> You're Turn right. the brand into I, now this, does this other self I'm help? not going to deny you, uh, what your point is. That's very true that I did do that. But I was trying to do it in a, in a what do they call that? Uh, humanitarian way I was trying to Because so many people Had come and become This kind of thing That I was like Okay how can I do this In a positive way 
uh, try to do something positive with it and let people talk about it. And so that was always been my point. And now the deep cut does that because I get to talk about these social issues through documentaries. Yeah, but with fans, I don't know, in your old two-bedroom place before you moved. Yeah. That second one, I walked in one time accidentally instead of going to the bathroom, just kind of absent. And you had mock-ups for, like, bobbleheads. And <laughs> you had 3D printed some action figures. And you were, like, testing out concepts to roll out outlaw merchandise. <laughs> it's all the whole thing. If only I thought that far ahead. You had pennants. You had, I mean, the foam fingers. I will say this. Brianne and I don't always see eye to eye on a lot of things, but Brianne Chandler was the one at the beginning who I regret not listening to her advice when I first started. She said, you need to market this shit because you are like the star. You're busting out of this thing. You need to be making your own T-shirts, make your own deals for your stuff, and then sell as much as possible because you don't know how long this is going to last. And I think I lost money by not doing that when I first started. Maybe people would have bought some things or whatever. I would have made a little bit, a little bit of cash. Uh, but now it seems um, overkill to do something like that. As much as I would love a Funko Outlaw or a Outlaw bobblehead, Dude, I feel like that's a little too Hulk far. hands, but they're Outlaw hands. Maybe they got like little pistols in them or something. But they're just <laughs> they're spray painted to the same shade of hue of skin that you have. Just smack him on the ground. Outlaw! I don't know what... Do it you just, have a catchphrase yet? It, it, well, of course. You you know it. All the belts, all the records. Uh, oh, perfect. Do a one-two. Right, left, right, left. You've always been good at combos. That's what we know about you. <laughs> we can still make this a reality. Listen, look at all the good ideas I've come up with so you have, far. You have. Let's put them under the top ten. Just give me top a little piece. That's yeah, all course. I'm asking for. Of course, please. I can keep generating ideas. You generate ideas itself. I give you twenty percent. No problem, man. I'm down with it. Put it under the top my, ten I'll banner. I have my agent in touch. With oh yeah, you. please do. We'll figure it out. Yeah, please do. Anyways, Brianne said that to me at the beginning. I should have listened to her. So I got to give her credit for that. And um, now, in retrospect, because I thought, oh no, I just that seems that seems I, that always seems to me arrogant, like that you put stuff out about yourself so that people can buy things about you. I always felt, I always feel like there's a line. I don't have that kind of shamelessness. We all have our random lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do when it comes to this type of Think about the stuff you say to me when you're like, I know that you don't want to do that type of thing because I have a random line in certain aspects. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like you do. Yeah, it's of course. Yeah, Just absolutely. every once again, I don't know, it just, it feels icky to me. Yeah. I don't mind doing all the rest, but right. this just weirds me out of, I feel like it's exploitive or something. Mm-hmm. Well, you fought, the, you fought the, the Patreon thing for a long time. You did not want to put it out there to have the fans. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say, I, I fought you, fought is a strong word, but I have fought you on other aspects. Sorry, you resisted. You, were, you weren't a big fan because you're like, we're just two assholes talking about movies. Why should fans? And it was like, well, no, here's what we can do with it. Eventually, and then when you, you yeah. know, when you were ready to do it, then you were like, "Yes, okay, I see the point. I'm on board." So it wasn't, it wasn't a matter like you were resistant in a, you know, mean way or an asshole oh. way. It's more like you need to see the logic of it for you to do it. True, and, and also the, enough people kept reaching out and being like, "I would happily, yeah, yeah happily yeah. do it. Please do it. Yeah, it would, you know, it would bring me joy." And at that point, you're like, "Wow, really? Okay, well, if it means you want more content, then yeah, like I'll work for it." I'm yeah, not just going to take it idly. Of course not. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're a blue-collar p- podcast, man. I know. Bootstraps, baby. Right. Bootstraps. Fuck them up our own bootstraps. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you get then two shoes and you go bootstraps. Oh you stop God. right foot, left foot. <laughs> all the belts. All the records. All the belts. Bootstraps. <laughs> 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 Maybe it's a sing songy, so it's all part of a full outfit. That's when I go MC Hammer. I make it all sense, and then I lose all my cred, all my street cred. Think of all the money he made, though. Think of all the money. <laughs> now, Outlaw, and you're doing that little shimmy dance that he did. I forget what that was called. Yeah. And parachute pants. Yeah. Can't touch, can't touch this. Oof, that'd be terrible. Some kind of soft rock Outlaw song. Woof. Uh, then we do the boy band with 98 degrees. Uh, anyways, uh, this week we thought we'd count down a, f- um, a list from a character actor yeah. who kind of was a lead, uh, when he, he kind of found his way to leads for a little while in film, but then receded back to where he's really, uh, uh, good as an actor. And that's the character acting stuff. And, uh, that is the great Stanley Tucci. Because uh, he's in a film that's coming out this week. Yeah, this was you know put together really in the past twenty four hours because John found out that he's got to leave the country. Yeah, it's like hey, I'm I'm gonna be gone, so we didn't have a topic for this week, and we both kind of went, 
you know what? Why not do something a little bit different? Do a, uh, an actor that doesn't get discussed ever. Yeah. And we've had that discussion before of like, God, I'd love to do like a, a Margot Martindale and just boom, let's just go through all, all my favorites of hers. Yes. Or go through, just find an actor that I've always enjoyed, even if the movie's just okay. Just like they're always solid. Yep. They're always quality. Uh, and just kind of, I don't know, cherry pick around. Yeah. And Tucci was like, hey, what do you want? You texted, and they're like, what about Tucci? And we're yeah. like, you know what? Let's do a little Stanley Tucci. It's for the film Night Hunter, uh, which is coming out with Alexandra Daddario, Henry Cavill, Minka Kelly, and Stanley Tucci. There you go. It's coming out. You know. What's it about? It's about uh, a weathered lieutenant. His police force and a local vigilante are all caught up in a dangerous scheme involving a recently arrested troubled man who's linked to years of female abductions and murders. Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. Although the fact that it's opening, what, against it? It's opening against it, chapter two. Yeah. In the beginning of September. Yeah. This, this more than likely didn't come out the way everybody had hoped it would come out. Probably not. That's yeah. my guess. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. Prove me wrong, guys. I hope I'm wrong. I love seeing a good movie, so I hope it's good. And then I got another excuse to go, I oh, man, Henry Cavill got screwed by DC. He really did. But That's yeah. It. Every time I see him in something, I'm just like, you were a good super Superman. Yeah. I really enjoyed you. He really it was. sucks. Um, yeah. So we thought we'd count down the top 10 Stanley Tucci films. And some of you might be like, oh, Stanley, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that sounds fun. Because Stanley Tucci has been in, like, hundreds of things. According uh, to IMDb, I believe it's 131. Wow. TV and film. I'm sure. Yes. I just saw the, you know, the, the raw number, whatever it is, mm-hmm. for credits and just parenthetical. And I think it's at 131. Yeah. This dude has worked. Yeah, he has. People like him. Uh, ever since he popped on the scene, I remember him in fucking Wise Guy. I remember that's how far I go back with all him. the TV show yeah, with Ken Wall. I was about to say uh, Chris Knopf before there was a Chris Knopf. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's a good yeah. call. He's more of a like the the tough guy. He's taking a few punches, Chris Knopf. Right, right. I remember that. Yeah, show. I remember that show in that I saw the posters and whatnot mm. for it. I never watched it. I was too young. Oh, okay. Because that was what. Mid, mid to late 80s? I think it's late 80s, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have been 8, 9, 10. Okay. It's not really. Well, get you younger than me. That's all right. You know, you don't have to stress it every single yeah. time. It just comes up. <laughs> I don't have the wealth of knowledge on that subject. And it's, not a, <laughs> it's not a TV show. People go, you know what you need to go back and watch? Wise guy. <laughs> Fucking wise guy. That's the one you need to go back and watch. I, it's never happened. No, I know. I agree. So one of the, you know. Hill Street Blues isn't one that happens either. No, that's a, I've that never a gone great back show. Every, I've I vaguely remember when it was on. Yeah. That was NYPD Blue before we had NYPD Blue, Hill Street Blue. I didn't watch that either. NYPD Blue? No. Wow. It's in my top two or three ever TV shows. First first two seasons. First season up until Smith's dies, it's fucking excellent. Fucking excellent. Dude, spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Sorry about that. That show came out. that That season was 1993, man. Did I spoil the show down and NYPD Blue? God forgive me. God forgive me. Hit him up on Twitter. Let him know. At Christian Harloff. <laughs> yeah. Voice your discontent. <laughs> Truth. Um, so uh, we're going to have some fun counting this down because uh, Matt and I struggled to get to 10, but we got there because uh, he's got some I wrote stinkers. down 11. He's you got did? a lot of stinkers. All right. Fair I wrote enough. down 11. All right. Yeah. Um, I got to 12 for reasons. Certain one didn't make it on the list that maybe some people think might. So... Uh, anyway. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Already hinting at that. That didn't make... I For sure. I know. I was like, well, it's not going to be the last one. It's going to be the one before that. That's the one he's going to put in. Tucci with a weird Asian fetish. Because the movie had to cut to China real quick. <laughs> Fucking... No. I couldn't do it. I'm not, I'm not shameless about our show. I'm respectful of our show. Man, I thought that was going to be, you know... <laughs> four. Four, four through six, somewhere in there. <laughs> somewhere in there. That was my guess. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I respect it. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Uh, Matt, do you want to talk about how the show works? Yes. Once we set a topic, we went our individual ways and created personal top 10 list. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Uh, all right. Um, Who starts us off? I will jump right in. You want to start for the first time ever? Why not? Go ahead. Let's do it. All right. My number 10 uh, is The Terminal. That's my number nine. Oh, great. 
I defend this movie all the time. It's good. It's a little too schmaltzy. It can be, but that's Spielberg, for fuck's sake. But you would e. hope... E.T. schmaltzy as fuck. You would hope with a story that's, that's based on truth, this mm-hmm. happened to a guy that just got, got st- stuck in this weird nexus yeah. of political, you know, jurisdictional, whatever the, the case is, and he lived in an airport. You're like, okay, and I don't know, just... At times, it's a little too cheese. It, 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 yeah, and I totally get that. I think, uh, I think for me, there's a special place in my heart because I'm the son of immigrants, and like I understand, like I, I connect to his journey, and then the conversations he has with uh, Diego Luna and with the Indian guy. I cry every. I'm not gonna lie to you. I cry every fucking time that the Indian guy walks out there with the broom to stop the plane. I know it's a cheesy moment. I know it's totally cheesy. That one didn't bother me. But it affects me emotionally every time. Because it's him showing affection for this guy, and he's willing to subject himself to this incredibly insane feat to, to show affection for this guy. It's such a grand gesture. The cheesiness to me was more so the buildup of how he befriended the entire staff except for Tucci. <laughs> right. As if yeah. they all went, hey, that's Tom Hanks. Hey, Tom mm-hmm. Hanks. And everybody just automatically loved him because he was Tom Hanks. Well, he was a gregarious personality. He, he did. He had a big personality. That, to yeah. me, was just like, man. Yeah. I don't know. I just never bought into the full magic of it. I still like it. It's a Spielbergian craftsmanship. You know, It's a well-shot, lit yeah. cinematography, edited. It's got the right pacing. Uh, it just didn't resonate for me. I like the Zeta Jones romance too. I know it's kind of it's a doomed romance, which I really appreciate because another Spielberg movie would have had them come together. So I like that it isn't, and I dig the jazz thing aspect of it all. Okay, and what he's trying to do, which is accomplish his father's last wish, and he's yeah. like, "Oh man!" So there's there's a little more to this than you think, and I enjoy Tucci. Tucci's a great a hole in this. He has a frustrated to be a- New York a hole, and he's perfect for this. Um, he is. He's that's the thing about Tucci. I don't know if he'll ever get the Goldman-like shots. Yeah. But he's always quality, even if the movie sucks. Yeah. It's like, well, Tucci came in and, and gave you everything that part you know, specifically needed. I feel like there's an Oscar waiting for him somewhere. And I don't, yeah. I don't know if it'll happen, but certainly of everybody who is Oscar-less right now, who's a character actor, he is in the top bracket of people who should have a role written for him so that he can get that Oscar. Yeah, it's kind of weird that he hasn't. Yeah, right? Because he's super fucking talented. Every time. Yeah. Every time. Now, the thing is, we've seen him in specific type of roles at this point. sure. So it'd have to be, I guess, something akin to that. That's what I mean. But he doesn't always play, you know, the villain or the heavy. Well, look at Alan Arkin, Little Miss Sunshine. There's nothing Arkin did in that movie that he hadn't done in 35 other fucking movies. Yeah. Not one goddamn thing. But he's good being he, Alan Arkin. Yes, he's great at being Alan Arkin. I think Tucci can get, in that, get into that conversation if he keeps going. I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah. All right, my number nine, then, is uh, Margin Call. That's my number eight. Oh, cool. Yeah, I loved this movie. His part is so small. It is, but, you know, it's he's in the movie. And yeah. that's why it's low on my, lower on my list, because he's not the lead without, in the movie. Without him, the movie does not happen, literally. Exactly. Or exactly. it happens completely different. They get blindsided. Yeah. This is a great film about the 2008 financial crisis and how this firm, like, rode this thing and then lied to themselves. Didn't. And then, yeah. And then, like... Didn't even write it out. Man. Yeah. They started the title wave. Exactly. Exactly. And then, like, kind of everything that happened as a result and all... The, like, because I know people like that. What's that other one? Boiler Room or whatever. Boiler Room's, uh, like... Uh, it's like yeah. mobsters. Boiler Room is like mobsters. Well, that Boiler Patrick Room Dempsey is movie. based off of... Uh, the stories about Wolf of Wall Street. Right, right. The Jordan Belfort yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but this, I think this was the dramatization of, um, oh, son of a gun, the Adam McKay. Oh, Big Short. Big, big short, short, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I just kept going, Great Short. And I'm like, it's not Great Short. <laughs> Martin Short. So it's, it, it's one night of, as yeah. opposed to the, in this, they, like, they dropped the word tranches, but I now know what mm. a tranche is right. because of the Big Short. And why that's such a bad thing. And the fact that they all basically have been lying to themselves and to everybody else that this was a good idea. Yeah. And those things are back, by the way. Uh, they've been yeah. back for a while. Of course. After the regulations that were put in place, then deregulation started. And we'll eventually get back to the same precarious point, just yeah. in a different fashion. What a surprise. Yeah. Um, you elect the dummy, you get dummy results. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed... Good cast. Yeah, great cast, right? Yeah. Good back and forth. Good. Uh, you got uh, young Zach Quinto, the mm-hmm. dude from Gossip Girl. 
Yeah. Um, Kevin Spacey, Jeremy Irons, Demi Moore, mm-hmm. and uh, ba, 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 ba. oh, uh, uh, what's his name? Jennifer Connelly's husband. Oh, Paul Bettany. Bettany. Yeah. Thank you. It's an expansive film, and I like that. And, and I enjoy the moments, the quiet moments to have when shit's falling apart. Like mm-hmm. the back and forth of that. It's really great. And so I enjoy the film for that. Um, all right. So my number eight then is Easy A. Hey, <laughs> it's my number seven. Perfect. Look at us moving on down the line. Yeah, right down why the line. Why don't you take this? Easy peasy. He, it's, it's almost uh, the perfect dad on some level. Yeah. yeah. As our understanding of what maybe a parent should be, at least as two guys that have never had kids. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> So I know what I'm talking about. Uh, of course. But it just, understanding gives her the right amount of space, knows that she can, she's intellectually strong enough to handle the world, and yep. it's okay, and allows her to spread her wings. It's very supportive. You know, I I've, I don't think any father could really be like that on some level if yeah. the daughter's 16, but... Well, it's like that father and the J.E. Freeman father and Juno. You're like, man, you guys are really incredible dads. I don't True. know any of you like that. I've never no, I know people any who you are like incredible that. dads. Yeah, but not someone that has the perfect answer and keeps their cool composure all the time, no matter what situation arises. Right. Especially in the story about you know it's the Scarlet Letter. Yeah. Uh, so in the face of that, instead of the, the puritanical revolt of the high school and its surrounding populace, yeah, you stood, you know, calm and collected. It's pretty impressive. It's a good movie too. Lisa, it is. Lisa Kudrow is very funny in this mo- in the movie, and so is uh, obviously Emma Stone. Um, but also the lesson it teaches, right? I mean, because it's the Scarlet Letter for a certain aspect of it all, but it's also like kind of transplanted into this co- in this high school. So it's like, well, what are the comments that they're making about the cult- culture of high school and about sure. uh, growing up in that culture? What it means of judgment and. Uh, um, uh, I don't know, putting yourself up for ridicule, those kinds of things, you know, willingly walking into the ridicule so that in some way you think you're going to be able to control it. But in truth, you actually can't. So you have to just learn to live with it and roll past yeah, it. I mean, I remember the first time I saw a cousin of mine mm. who had grown up uh, her entire life having Facebook. And I was like, I cannot, she was in high school. I was like, yeah. I cannot imagine what it's like. And this was years ago. Yeah. So now with everything else. Oh God, yeah. Just the constant scrutiny and gossiping, whatnot, and dear God, the interconnectivity of that type of... That's toxic as shit. Of course it is. But this was the movie where I'm like, man, this girl is a star. Yep. She just has such a calm, cool confidence. And it comes from being around other good actors like Tucci Mm -hmm. that allow her the room to do what she needs to do. Yeah. It's a quality film overall. Totally agree. What's your number 10? 10 is Hunger Games. Okay. Knock yourself out. I, yeah, I put it at ten. My thing. Just because he is, yeah. such a like a vivid image for me of what when I think of that film, I think of her and then him. Yep, those are my one two, and then the anonymous kids that get slaughtered around her. Right. You know, it's like oh yeah, the, there was the little girl that was running around with her for a little while, and her name was like a uh, Willow or or maybe it was Sparrow or no, she was Sparrow. Yeah, it was something akin to that. But okay. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. And just like the generic jock that ends up being one of the final ones. Right. Josh Hutcherson. Uh, well, no, Hutcherson was her fake. Oh, it was, Hem- it was Hemsworth, wasn't it? It was one of the Hemsworths. That was her real. Okay. Boyfriend on the outside. Okay. Hutchinson was her fake boyfriend because they had to play for the cameras. Right, right. And then there was some just blonde haired, like towel headed jock douche wasp oh. i believe okay it's been a, it's been a while i've seen the movie i don't know like probably three times two times the first one right yeah the first okay, one okay and the second one i saw the ones if right. i've seen it again i don't remember it right uh because it just seemed like more of the same so uh but you know him to me is creating this you're larger than life you've got to be like graham norton mixed with Fucking rip torn, yeah, yeah, yeah. and ten other people. <laughs> this huge master of ceremonies for its its Eurovision yeah. meets the fucking battle royale. Um, so him to me is what helped cement it with along with her. But he is the second thing what, that, that I think of when I think of that movie. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Um, all right. So what's your seven? Yeah, lucky number eleven. 
That was the cut. That was my 11. Oh, really? Yeah. I love this movie, man. This is a love? fun. Love? Really? Oh, yeah, this is a fun movie. I put this in the payback pile. Like one of those films you just, whenever it comes on, I'm going to watch it for like half an hour. Fuck it. Okay. Uh, I, d- I like the back and forth with Josh Hartnett and Ben Kingsley and Morgan Freeman. And I enjoy Tucci's part in it, the, the frustration he feels throughout the whole movie about the situation. Okay. Um, I enjoy the Lucy Liu stuff. I really enjoy the Bruce Willis stuff as well and how it all comes together. I think it's actually an inventive little film that is fun to watch. And the actors themselves look like they're having fun uh, in the movie as well. Perhaps I need to re-see it. Well, I'm just saying. This is my opinion, man. Maybe it didn't work for you. I don't know. It just uh, it seemed like... I. I Enjoyed it, but I was like, ah, this just seems so derivative. Mm, okay. But at the same time, that's a really lazy critique. Well, only if you don't know what it's derivative of. Okay. Because if it feels like it's derivative, then it's got to be, that means you, you're thinking of another well, no, movie. It, it feels like a, well, it feels like a basically not Tarantino, but Guy Ritchie meets. I could see that. You know, it has like a smoke and aces to me type like of vibe. Like Go or something like that? Yeah, but yeah. it's not quite. Smoke and aces to me is closer in that it's it's still the big kind of more action-y type of aspect right, of it. Right, right. But rock and roll is in that same oh, path. Yeah, Even yeah. though that is a Guy Ritchie, it's like that it's is. very similar to me on some level. I like rock and roll too. Yeah. But this one is meets like what I'm sure Hotel Artemis wanted to be type oh, of. It's yeah. creating an underworld uh, with interesting characters. Yeah. Type of thing. I dug it for that, and I and I like that Hartnett. I like. I think there was this was the one of those films. that's like, okay, there's more here than just. Yeah, he's a good actor. The uh, Pearl cake. Harbor. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, there's more here than just. Yeah. Looking good under soft, you know, a soft light. Oh, yeah, good point. Like Penny Dreadful, he's incredible in Penny Dreadful. I got bored with that show. Yeah, really? Okay. Through season one. Okay. And then it's like, hey, I, it was kind of one of those of I get it. This isn't really something I normally delve into unless it's really good or it hooks me. Like right. Sleepy Hollow, I can kind of watch. That's a nauseam. fun film. That's a fun film. For some reason, it's just Ichabod Crane, I'm in, let's go. Yeah, Headless Horseman is always interesting. It is. Yeah. And that vibe works for me in that world. And this is like basically goth League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Kind of, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yes, it it's really like, is. eh, Extraordinary Gentlemen was okay. The this film is, is not good. I didn't read. The book is incredible. Yeah, the, the graphic novel is great. It's so good. Alan Moore. But... Yeah, he's I retiring, hear. is he not? Uh, probably. I don't know. He's at that age where he should. Um, so that's number seven. My number six is Road to Perdition. Uh, that is my number six. Okay. Perfect timing. You want to take this one? His role is smaller. Sure. That's why I bumped it down. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent film. We both enjoy it thoroughly. Yes. It makes our top ten <coughs> uh, Tom Hanks list. Makes our top ten lists a lot. It does. It's solid. I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other than, you know, Tucci's part is small. Do you know what? If, you, if there was anybody out there who really wanted to do something incredible, go back through all our lists and count the top ten most films. Cited? Yeah, most cited films, like by number. So number one would be the most cited film. Number two, the second most cited film in terms of number. That would be a Herculean task. I would guess it's either action or superhero. Yeah? Okay. That would be my guess. Okay. Because those just come up more. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. I'm trying to think of the ones that always comes up for us. But certain predictions in the conversation. Yeah. But if you start going like Dark Knight, that makes any time yeah. we do any kind of list. True. Or now take eventually some of the Avengers and some of this and some yeah, of that. Good point. Uh yeah, or Incredibles because it crosses over a little bit. Incredibles works. I'm sure that we mentioned that a number of times. One of the favorites. But yeah, Road to Perdition, it's quality all the way around. We've talked about it, Yeah, I think, roughly a bajillion times. <laughs> Round it's in the running for making that top ten list. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, as is like Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yeah. As Reservoir is, Dogs as well. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. We've got some that both of us thoroughly enjoy a little that's too true. much, probably. Well, that's fair enough. Uh, so what's your number seven? Seven we did was easy, so oh, okay. we're up to your five. Oh, five is uh, Julie and Julia. I haven't seen it. Really? It was that good? It is. Matt, it is fucking good. Okay. And, I, and I'll tell you this because I did not want to see this movie. 
and I think I went to see it with one of my ex- ex-girlfriends in the past. Went to see it at an Academy screening out on the lawn, projected on the building, the side of a building. Okay. I had the greatest time. She, Meryl Streep and uh, 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 Amy, Amy Adams, Adams are fantastic in the film. And Stanley Tucci is so good as Julia Child's husband. Look, she is the outrageous one, the outlandish one, the character in the relationship. So Tucci naturally has to underplay it. Supportive okay. and offended at t- or hurt at times, but still willing to help her to get to where she wants to go. And then by the time they get to the older version of Julia Child, you know, he's more settled into the patterns of the relationship. So he becomes more of just a supportive um husband who understands her and loves her for exactly who she is it's a great role and it's a it's a color you rarely see on tucci so okay. i enjoyed seeing it for that uh had we had more time i would have watched it yeah yeah, yeah. but put the show together and i went through his imdb yeah and it was just like ah there's a, a couple that i haven't seen yeah um so i don't know how big his part is or if the movie's good i don't know if it makes your list that's what i want to bring up yeah There's one in particular i was like oh yeah i meant to see that i wonder yeah. if that was any good um it's, man, a, it's a great food about a uh, film about food too it really is and it, it, it's touching and it's funny it's surprisingly very funny okay so that's what i would say uh all right which my we, five yeah uh we might be punting uh captain america first event yeah punt okay i figured as much what do you okay. got it for big night that's my four yeah what a good film. Him and Shaloub just crushing it. Oh, dude. Everything, like this was back in the, when you had those independent films that would come out and it was like, you gotta see this thing. You gotta see this well, thing. This was written and directed by him and Campbell Scott, Tucci yeah. and Campbell Scott. Yeah, yeah. Campbell is a uh, car salesman. Yes. Yeah, it's a nice, small film about immigrants coming to this country trying yeah. to make a dream. It's a massive night for trying to impress with the food and everything like that. It was- exactly, yeah. Turn the fortunes of the restaurant around, mm-hmm. and we're going to do it with this big, huge kind of extravaganza. Yeah. And the nice build-up to that, and to see, you know, why certain things mean so much to one and to the other, and how they complement each other. Yeah. It's really good. It's it's quality acting from two quality actors. Like, Shalhoub is another one where... I would happily go through and pick my favorite Chaloub movies. Oh, yeah. Even if it's tiny, just like I love like him in Men in Black. Oh, it's great. He could be my favorite part of that movie. You can make that case, certainly. He's funny <laughs> as hell. He gets his head shot off. That is just the backtracking. He's my favorite part of the Cars franchise. Fuck that Mater shit. Oh. I love him as Luigi. The Okay. I don't have that? a favorite part of the Cars <laughs> Favorite character, I guess I should say. I started thinking of Rick Ocasek, and I'm like, what car, Rick? <laughs> There's something inspired by... Well, I thought an animated guru like you, animation guru like you, would know what I'm referencing, the characters in Cars. Perfect. It seems like the made-up title when, when you're watching, at least back in the day, History Channel. Yeah. And it's just like this, and it's like, oh, this is a live concert uh, poster historian. And you're like, what? <laughs> There's a job for that? You're fucking kidding me. You can get a label for that. Uh, here he is, an animation guru. You what is that an animation mean? guru. What does that mean? Well, it means you know a lot about animation. Yeah, but there are so many people out there that know, that actually know about animation. All right, fair enough. I'm just saying you pulled our butts out of the fire many times in the showdown with your animation knowledge. Um, well, that's because nobody else really dips their toe into it, so that, that pool is pretty shallow. Now the they questions do. are, I'm sure it's Yeah, it's massive question, now. So. Um, yeah, and it's it's. A, I think Isabella Rossellini's in this thing too. Yeah, uh, Mini Driver. Mini Driver, right, right. Uh, oh, uh, Mark Anthony. Yes, he's like a busboy that maybe says two words. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you have minute before he's a big deal. Well, he was still. I mean, it's ninety six. Yeah, but within the Latino community. Oh sure, he was already a X number of time Grammy winner for Latino or. Salsa or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Leah Schreiber's in this. Oh, yeah. Allison Janney's in this. Allison Janney's in this, yeah. E- Ian Holmes in this. Um, and it's, I mean, and it's not just like a simple, fun film. It's actually got some like shit to say about family stuff and uh, the mm-hmm. strife between brothers and trying to put this all together. It just was a, a fun film to watch. And uh, I really enjoyed their interactions. And it was kind of a time where they were thinking about Tucci as a lead. They were looking at Tucci as possibly being a lead in more films. So it's fantastic in that way. I mean, maybe he just 
need to do with like a lot of smaller filmmakers do and just dedicate to working on your own projects. Yeah, maybe. If you're going to get, if people are going to give you that shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure this movie, like every other movie, was uh, a mountain to make. Yeah. And he is better suited at character development and being an actor. And when I have no idea, though. Because yeah. mm-hmm. having co wrote and co directed it, they did a great job. It really did. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's an entertaining film. I agree thoroughly. Um, all right, that was your four, too? Yep. Uh, so then my number three is The Devil Wears Prada. That is my number three. This is getting spooky, John. <laughs> We've only been one off on the majority of these, and now we got two at the same spot. It'll make it easier to compile the list. I know that much. It will. It will. <laughs> this is a goddamn fun film. Uh, like, legitimately fun film. And Hathaway, it might be my favorite Hathaway role. Uh, and Emily Blunt, what a way to get introduced. She's so great in it. Yeah. Uh, but Tucci steals every scene he's in. He does. He's so... He's Tim Gunn. Yeah, he really... And naturally, organically so. Mm-hmm. Not comment, commenting on the portrayal that he's doing. Very much living in the skin of that character and acting as that character would with shade delivered uh, with, uh, primo deliver, with primo style, I would say. I, it's, you see this world, a little glimpse into a world that is unlike anything that we experience. Sure, very much so. Where the, the rules that dictate, you know, the hierarchy and what is and what isn't is kind of by taste and by, yeah. honestly, public perception and whatnot. And that affects you on some level. It's this weird, ridiculous high school now with millions of dollars mm-hmm. type of environment. And he is the, the calm, you know, in the storm. Everything around, everybody else is out for their own self-interest and yeah. crazy and whatnot. And we never see that. I mean, he obviously is if you get to that station in life. But we don't see that. We just see him kind of being supportive and an ear for her to bend when she has problems. Yep. And, uh, you know, basically it's just the reason why I like Tim Gunn so much. You just need a supportive individual that you can tell is not full of shit. Yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. And he's not saying things to hurt you. No. He's saying things to try to make you aware of things. Yeah, they're not... They're not empty things just to placate you. Mm-hmm. It's like there's real intent, and he pulls it off so warm. It's it's impressive when you watch him because then you he can easily pivot to man. You are one of the biggest dicks. Oh sure, right back to you see something like this and be like, you got a heart of gold, like yeah. easy A, and yeah. then just pivot back over to like, oh my god, I believe you could have done that. <laughs> it's it's just a sign of you're an excellent actor. Yeah, yeah. I hope you get your Goldman like shot. Yeah, Oldman rather. Um, all right, my number two then is uh, Captain America, the first adventure, the punt from earlier. Okay, punt yeah. from earlier. I love him in this movie. And uh, you need him in this movie, to be honest with you, to make it work in that first half of the movie. He is a sympathetic character. He is very, uh, you, he radiates, you know, as the German scientist. Um, and you sense his his warmth and his love of, uh, Steve Rogers, and that helps us kind of like enjoy even more about this character because we see him, you know, like, oh, I can do this all day, and we, we admire his heart, right? Yeah. But it's through his eyes, the doctor's eyes that we see, and Tucci's eyes, that we see why this guy is worthy to be Captain America, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just the fight. It's something else besides the fight. It's the heart of his and his natural goodness that is an in, in, um, organic instinctive thing within Steve Rogers, and he yeah. knows it. And those that conversation they have the night before they do the serum is fantastic. When they're having the drink, and he's like talking to him about it and opening up to him about the situation, it's like, oh man, this is awesome. He's his father figure. Yeah, yeah. In essence, uh, it's it's his. You know, he's the Ben to Spider Man. Mm. In that the distillation of all the life lessons that he needs to learn he's getting from Tucci yeah uh, within this movie yeah he helps out he gives a heart and a different side to that mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. and helps sell like when he jumps on the grenade like that's why you choose right because we can make any idiot super strong but they need to have a head on their shoulders and the the, the right constitution if we're going to give them this type of power yeah and knew that you have to boil down the essence of what you're looking for for a few key characteristics. And when you see something that simple, sometimes it's, it screams of truth. You're like, yeah. yes, yes, you want to, if you're going to hand over, because that's my, my fault with the film. It's a good movie, but he turns into God. Mm. As soon as he gets the serum, he comes out and he 
takes on the, the first bunch of guys and like whatever has the rips off a car door and is using that yeah. as a shield and then he jumps in and swims right after the the submarine torpedo boat yeah and swims down on that and just like dude you took a serum and then suddenly you can do every there's no acclimation to the power right just your lights out from moment one so if Tucci knew that just like you can't just give this to anybody right right otherwise you get red skulls yeah good point yeah and he tells that story as well yeah. Yeah. You think you're the first one? I wish Hugo Weaving would have come back. Yeah. I, I love that he was like, no, because I don't want to put on like a ridiculous mask. Like, Did you put on elf ears how many times? <laughs> <laughs> how is this a distinction? Red Skull, you looked dope. <laughs> elf? Like, I fear elves because they always God. kick ass. Yeah. But when he's like, oh, I don't want to wear the ridiculous, I'm like, I'm sorry, bro. That's a great point. I never thought about. Yeah, and I, I still buy you in all these characters. Yeah, yeah, you're Agent Smith. You put the glasses. You yeah. still wear the the attributes of a fictionalized character. Why is putting on a red? Is it the amount of time in the makeup chair? Just tell me that. I'll believe that. But to be like pish posh, you're like <laughs> fuck off, man. <laughs> fuck off. Bitch, you were in an outfit. Exactly. You were in an here last month. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't think I, I just don't think the MCU thing is his bag. Yeah, he just wasn't drawn yeah. to it. That's fine. He sees these Middle Earth things as these incredibly important films, big dramatic literature and history. And maybe where, he, uh, if they did it today, he would be on, more on board because they, he's seen the scope of the story they yeah. can tell. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, um, maybe. Um, but yeah, plus he didn't have the clout he did before because Lord of the Rings and Matrix are kind of like a one-two combo. Yeah. All of a sudden, Hugo Weaving was a big part of my life. I wonder if he's going to come back for four, Matrix 4. Why not? Why wouldn't you? I don't know. Do you have a new agent? Agent, uh, what's his name again? Agent, agent Smith? Yeah, Smith. Yeah, agent Smith. They're just the innocuous. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Anderson. Because um, I can't imagine we're coming back to Keanu, and Keanu's going to be the hero of the story again. I can't imagine it's going to be him. I think they're going to train a new person. Yeah, but how do you go? Oh, he, I mean, he martyred himself. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, I don't know how you bring it, unless he's digitized and he exists within the Matrix itself to, like, teach through there because he lives on through the code. That's what I mean. Like, he becomes the new Morpheus and trains the Yeah, but Morpheus life. was a real person. He could exist True. in code only, perhaps, yeah. within well, the Matrix. Maybe. Maybe possible. I, I don't know. Anything's technically possible. Just make a good movie. Mm, True. After these, uh, yeah, after those last two. Yeah. I mean, you did it with the Animatrix. Yeah. After seeing that, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm totally fine with the next two. And then after the next two, it's like, I don't, I don't want you guys to do it again. Yeah, please stop. You're hurting me. Well, it's just bloated, and bloated to, leads to disappointment. Yes. Thoroughly agree. Yeah. Nobody likes that, you know? Nobody likes to fucking not be able to, to you're sitting on the toilet, nothing happens. And you're like, this isn't fun. <laughs> this I need to be. I need to be doing something right now. Yeah. This hurts. Uh, all right, so then my number one, uh, or have we done your number two? What's your number two? Uh, my number two is Spotlight. Yeah, that's my number one. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. I knew my number one was going to, you weren't going to have it. Wow. I knew it. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Great film. Great film. Um, journalism movies are not always easy. Uh, people get bored or lost, but this one is ex- exceptional. Mm-hmm. And the way it tracks the story through these different reporters and through these different times in the story occurring and with all these incredible characters within the story uh, is great. And mm-hmm. Tucci is fantastic in the role that he's playing in this film as well. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah he's the lawyer of the victims. Yeah, yeah. Um, Carries the weight of it all. And it keeps the reporters kind of nudged in the right direction. Right. Like, hey, hey you should be looking over here. Uh, I mean, it's a brutal story. When the... Of the main actors, the only individual whose name I don't know. Yeah. But he's at his house and he realizes the address mm-hmm. is like a block and a half away and he runs to the front of it. Yeah. Just the terror of that, of like, my kids play yeah. 60 yards from this. Like a fucking monster lives here. That's where it really hits home. There are a couple of specific scenes that are a little melodramatic mm-hmm, to me. But overall, the movie's, you know, really good. Yeah. And it's a story that needs to be told. Yeah. And sadly, he still keeps being uncovered. And uh, and the th- recent one with that cardinal in Philadelphia, like there's there's so, and they all keep claiming like, oh, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. If these are men of God and they're lying about it, and they're saying not guilty because of the courts, 
Seriously, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself to hell. Like that's terrible to like a sexually assault kids when you're a priest. That's like or whatever you are of man of cloth. That's abusing something really deep, man. So I like that the film didn't pull any punches in showing that. Yeah. And the severity of that. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. It doesn't really come up all that often on this show. This one this would not make that top ten list. <laughs> Spotlight does not. No. Fair enough. Uh, okay. All right. So my number one, you oh, ready for here this? Here we go. Here we go. My number one is I a complete and utter cheat. Oh, no. Conspiracy. The HBO film. Oh, of course. You boom. Boom. It doesn't count. But all right. It's listed as a movie. It is. On IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, I think Wikipedia. And I was like, you know what? Because I look for box office. like Because it's a, I found out through this, it's a co-BBC production, which yep. makes all the sense in the world because it's populated by tons of British actors. And uh, <laughs> a lot of them, like you got Kenneth Branagh and Stanley, Stanley Tucci, yes. Tucci, but you also have Colin Firth. And then after that, it's uh, one guy that went on to Downton Abbey, oh. one guy that went on to uh, uh, Game of Thrones. He was the, the douche that Jon Snow had to deal with up at the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. takes over for. Mm-hmm. He's there. Uh, it's like one after another, like, oh, yeah, that dude. I haven't seen that dude. Uh, uh, Jack Sparrow's lieutenant, so to speak. Oh, yeah, that guy. The thickier, st- mm-hmm. stockier kind of t- type of dude. He's one of them. A <laughs> uh, heavyset guy is one of those, that guy, British actors for years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, over and over. In essence, you want to talk about another terrible thing. So this is a filmed adaptation from notes saved that were found yeah. by American forces. And I think 1947, mm-hmm. about the meeting where high government officials and some from uh, the military met mm-hmm. to concoct how they were going to kill as many Jewish people as they could yeah. as quickly as they could in just a frank discussion of the political aspects, the legal aspects, and then just the raw numbers of how do we do this? Yeah, yeah. And what's the most effective way? Like one guy says, oh, just, I'll line them. I'll go down there tomorrow. I'll line them all up and shoot them. Yeah. Kenneth Brown, I was like, it doesn't make any sense from the amount of time, the man hours, the bullets, the, and it just goes right down the line. Yeah. Whatever. Gas is cheaper. And you'll see that. And you're like, oh, my God. And it's just, the nice thing is, for this movie, it's just guys sitting around a table. Yeah. And it captures your attention the entire time. Yeah. The build-up to them showing up and then just having one of the most vulgar discussions that humanity has ever had. And then they all just leave. Yeah. And it has a nice code at the end describing what happens to each one, you know, later on down the line. Oh, wow. Yeah. Tucci gets hung <laughs> by... Uh, basically, it was a Munich. So Israeli intelligence oh. found him in... Argentina, I believe, okay. and brought him back in a year. Within a year, he was hung. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. Mossad don't fuck around. Nope. Nope. A couple of guys were let off for insufficient evidence. Like, after the war, others were hung on the spot. Wow. And uh, some did time. Yeah. I mean, for this, amongst other things, but they didn't find out about this until they were all supposed to burn their notes, and only one guy kept, on, uh, kept them. It's always one guy. It's always one. It's always one. Just kind of like, I might need this. I'm not getting rid of this just yet. I might need these. How is that leverage, though? How would you ever need it? I don't know. It only damns you. Yeah. You have to win this war. Otherwise, I mean, yeah. you, you are a war, war criminal. There's yeah. just no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, do you watch Peaky Blinders? Yeah. I've seen every season. So they dropped the first episode of season five last night in the UK. Oh, really? Yeah, I found it. Like okay, that. don't tell me anything about I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to say one thing. There's always one guy. That's okay. all I'm going to say. <sighs> Still, the last season was so... Okay. Yeah. yeah, Zip. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season one, to me, was amazing. Oh, yeah. Season one And then great. every season... After, I like the Tom Hardy... The Tom Hardy's great edition, mm-hmm. But I wanted more with him. Yeah, sure. Although it's a family-based drama. It's just like, no, because now you got uh, Killian and you got Tom. Yeah, you got and, Finn. And you the sister Ada. I like. Yeah. The older sister. And Polly. the older brother. Yep. And everybody else is just like... You should kill them off. You should you should kill them off. You should definitely kill them off. These are like the only characters I really like in this mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy it's back though. The second episode drops as we're recording this tonight, and I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to watch it tonight, so I'll have to figure it out. Now, hopefully, you can manage to get a screener copy or some jazz before you got to yeah. hop on a flight to Down Under. Dan Ender, Dan Ender. 
Uh, all right, well, that's our separate list of the Stanley Tucci films. Uh, let's put this thing together and then do our shout-outs, Matt. Yeah, we got our uh, Patreon shout-outs, as we mentioned on the re-list you guys heard a couple days ago. We yeah. forgot that. Uh, Sorry, guys. Uh, we gals. apologize, and thankfully you remembered before, and you're like, shouldn't we be doing shout-outs? <laughs> yeah, I kind of said that. Like, Oh, yeah, <laughs> shit. We would have been two, two weeks late on that. <laughs> um, so thank God for that. Yeah, so let's let's do this. So I would say Spotlight is easily number one. Yeah, I would agree. This is going to be probably the easiest list of all time. Maybe. Devil Wears Prada next? What's, what do you have? Uh, I have Captain America vs. Avenger 2. You got Prada 3, right? 3, yes. So I would say two threes beats a 2-5. Two yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you have Avenger 5. Okay, yeah. okay. So then Big Knight would probably go next, right? Well, that's two fours. Now, does two? I think a two five beats two fours. Two five beats two four. Yeah, because you have Captain America two. I've got it at a five. So a two five yeah. beats two fours. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. I thought you meant two four. Then I no. get it. I get it. Plural. Got it. I got it. All right. Can I sneak in conspiracy here at number five? At five? Yeah, all right. I'm not happy about it, but all right. Then I think we have everything the same. Possibly. Right along down the line. So your next highest is what? Road to Perdition? Number four, Big Night. Do you want to put Big Night on there? Yep. Okay. My next, next one is Julia and Julia at number five. Okay. Well, we have Road to Perdition, EZA, Margin Call, Terminal together. We okay. Have, so that's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five. So we have five spots. Okay. So I would say, where do you have Perdition? Six. So we both have that at six. I think that beats your five. Okay. Well, it's two at one position versus a standalone. Yours, uh, Julia sure. and Julia is going to make it. Oh, okay. We just got to figure out where. Sounds good. We both then have Easy A at what, seven? I have it at eight. Okay, and I got Margin Call at eight. What do you have that, nine? Nine, yeah. All right, you want to do Easy A, Julie, Julia? Yeah, that works. That works for me. Julia and Julia? Yeah, sorry. Ooh, I'm cooking the food. Remember Dag and Aykroyd doing that imitation? Anyway, yeah. Margin called in the terminal. Yep, sounds good. That's it. That is it. Damn. That all was right. the easy. We just kept doing that. That's true. All the way up the list. All right, let's count this fricker down. The top 10 Stanley Tucci films. Yeah. Ad number 10. The Terminal. Ad number 9. Margin Call. Ad number 8. Julia and Julia. Ad number 7. Easy A. Ad number 6. Road to Perdition. Ad number 5. Conspiracy. Ad number 4. Big Night. Ad number 3. Captain America, the First Avenger. Ad number 2. The Devil Wears Prada. And our number one Stanley Tucci film is... Spotlight. Turn on your spotlights. Perfect. I love it when Neil Diamond can make an appearance. <laughs> Let it shine wherever you go. Beautiful. Let it make a happy glow. For all the ones to see. A song that was unofficially part of E.T. Yeah, I don't know how he got away with that. I hey, really he just, don't. He was inspired by a song, and he's like, I'm going to write a song about it. And you're like, okay, I mean, I guess you could do that. I'm inspired by a song. I'm going to write about it. I hope you like it. Turn on your hot light. Uh, all right, so let's do these shout-outs, man. Let's give some people some love. Darn toot, and let me just pull that up over here on our email. Thanks to you, Mr. Chris Alexakos, for Thank helping you. us out with all this. Thank you, Christos Alexakos. And in you large, tiny font. Are you still with your girl, Christos? Let us know. It was great meeting her in Chicago. All right. Are you ready? Uh, I am ready. This is something we do for our patrons at the $5 and up level every month. We give them a shout out. If you uh, support the show, this is our way of saying uh, thank you very much. Hell yeah. And we give you, uh, we shout your name out each and every month. Uh, you would like to start us? 
Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Matthew Hassel. Christopher Brockman. Andrew Hayes. Andrew Nally. Corey O'Connor. David Mitchell Baker. Drew Enns. Jonathan Caro. Mackenzie Horner. Mike Barrington. Stephen Anderson. Stephen Boyd. Wiley Todd. Willie Logie. Christos Alexakos. Eric Rebner. Andrew Marker. Andy Tan. Angela Dashner. Anthony Castlenova. Ashley Prowls. Ben Cartwright. Burning Up. Billy uh, Williams. Yeah, Bobby Carney. Chris Lemke. Clay Williams. Daniel Chaput. Ed Buskirk. Ellis Menchaca. Oh, Eric Escott. Frank Montoya. Jeff Kelly. George Menchaca. James Leggett. Jeremy Metz. What's up, Jeremy? Joe Farrelly. Joseph Burtwistle. Josh Stetz. Josh Mabry. Johanna Linavirta. Keith Bello. Keith Fitzgerald. Kevin Fuss. Kevin Hills. Kristen Kurtz. Lawrence Witts. Louis Berrigan. Mark Fawcett. And finally... The third of the worst Menchacas, Mark Menchaca. There you go. Mitchell Brehill. Niall Blackie. Paul Cree. Rice Seaborn. Robert Haley. Bubbo Ryan Nim. Steve Schluckabier. Sue Giant Fernando. The Blast from Our Past podcast. TJ Starman. Tyler Spots. Zach Butts. Adelardo Fuente. Alex Ramsey. Alex Russell. Aliyah Moore. Ahmed Ali. Andres Mendoza. Anthony George. April Rybacki. Aza Denning. Uh, Ben Quirk. Ben Archambault. Blake Gaunt. Blake Jensen. Blake O'Brien. Bobby Michael. Brian Akins. Cameron Belgrade. Cameron Chapman. Chris Cabrera. Chris Consiglio. Chris Judge. Christopher McIntyre. Cody Seal. Corey Trainer. Cody Markham. Dale Varley. Dan Culbertson. Dan Nye. Dan Petraglia. Daniel McCarty. Daniel Kelly. Darren Bush. Deborah Torres. Derek uh, Guillotang. Drew Burkhart. Dwayne Joseph Burke. Dylan Buller Dempsey. Dylan Johnson. Dylan Yoon. Edward Dobbins. Eric Stevenson. Gareth Weldon. Garrett Bates. Uh, Gunner. Yep. Hans Eskelson. Haley Morton. Ian Brick. Beltran Lopez. James Appleby. Janvia Canazar. Jason Liao. Jeff Knutson. Jeff Saliba. Jeremy Bowers. And we're just going to say JIC317. Yeah. Jim W. Jim White. Joe Abara. Joe McPhee. Joey Anthony. John Douse. John Keefe. Jonathan Chase. Jordan Malloy. Joseph Viola. Josh Pellerin. Josh Sachs. Justin McDonald. Justin David O'Neill. Oh, you got a David in there. Yeah. Keith Archer. Kevin Shaw. Kristen Smith. Hey. Christia Veselchik. Uh, Kyle Beckworth. Kyle Feller. Louis Carrizales. Mallory Garrett. Marcel Behrman. Marcus Davenport. Matt Hannigan. Matthew Pullen. Maurice Robinson. MF Doom. Michael McDade. Michael Schmer. Nathan Leonard. Nick Francis. Nicholas Smith. Nizar Alabasi. Noel Kelleher. Pat Bulfamenti. Patrick Mullen. Peter Ballin. Peter Ross. Phil Morissette. Phil Neglia. Philip Renshaw. Rachel Silvestrini. I'll see you in the ring, Rachel. Ravi Prasad. Uh, Reagan Lovig. Rob Harris. Uh, Roque Arariana. Ruben Enriquez. Ryan M. Brandos. Scott Jarnecki. Uh, I think it's Zarnecki. Zarnecki, sorry. Yes. Shane Noble. Simon Bruyard. Skyler Alessi. Spencer Freightway. Tim Begg. Tim Franco. Timothy Berg. Wayne Murphy. Uh, Zairian Giggleson. <laughs> AJ Barrera. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> oh. oh. <coughs> there it is. Ooh. You said AJ? Yes. I got Aaron Carroll. Abby Lugo. Alan Bennett. Alec Musial. Alexander Marzonia. Yeah, hey, Alex. Andrew Herbs. Uh, Andrew O'Day. Andy Ortiz. Archie Bear. AZ Badfish. Blair Simpson. Brandon Caridi. Brian Cruz. Charlie McKenna. Chelsea Lewis. Chris Jones. Dimitri Melot. DJ Red Hot Cax. Red Hot Cax. Evan Bistrom. Evan Zoller. Giancarlo Simonetta. Gracia Romero. Uh, Houston Bodily. Ian Horner. Isaiah Hoffman. Jacob Pullen. James Petty. James Trapani. Trapani. James Winstead. Jeff Peters. Jen Kemp. Jim Payne. Joe H.Y. Uh, Johannes Schmidt. John Holloway. Jordan Wilcherm. Josh Lawrence. Josh Murphy. Joshua William. Joshua Wynn. Juan Reyes. Julian Key. Catherine Samuels. Ken Reels. Kyle Spawn. Laura Deverson. Luke Allison. Luke Larson. Magalidore. Matt Chipping. Uh, Matt Yund. Matthew Kearns. Matthew Lee Cravens. Mike Shea. What up, Mike? Nathan Williams. Nick Dornoff. Patrick Campbell. PJ sending a lot of love to you, brother man. Philip Lane. Dude, suck it out in Zona, bro. 
Is that Philip Lane? Yes. Rob McDonald. Rodrigo Valverde Third. Ryan McKenna. Scott Lynch. Scott Collar. Seamus Braytag. Sean Scott. Seth Shearer. Stacy Flores. Stephen Armstrong. I refuse to say his name, the Cinephiles. <laughs> Thomas Price. Uh, Thomas Streeton. Uh, Thorsten Amvioler. Uh, Timothy R. Williams. And Will Morris. Thank you to everyone. Yes. Steve. Suck it, Steve. (laughs) Suck it. That's an extra five bucks, buddy. You want to get that last name on the show? That's a fair point. It's a fair point. Got to pay to play. Uh, Yeah. uh, Like I said, big shout out to PJ, uh, who's going through some things there in Arizona. I want to give you some love from the top ten guys. Um, hope you, uh, you know, you kind of taking it day by day, brother, bouncing back a little bit as best you can. But uh, I hadn't heard. I knew he just moved. I didn't know if, uh, what it was for. Um, but it, I, yep. I had uh, just assumed he was like, you know what? I need a change. Yep. I'm going to. Well, know. his dad bought him a house. Yeah. I'd leave, too. If my dad bought me a house in Arizona, I'd take the fuck off. Known PJ, it's nice too. Though, it is know? nice, of course. It is. He's taking nice. pictures, showing all the like. Uh, that's a nice looking house. What he's got in Arizona, I'm sure. I'm sure he's got a theater, something or other, set up already, or right. a geek room or something. Well, Ryan Snelling apparently is moving in with him there in Arizona. So it's a weird world with these guys. He's Schmodown brings people together in some weird, strange ways. Why is that weird? It's a camaraderie. Uh... Well, Ryan's in Kansas City, I think, or one of those places, and now he's moving to Arizona to try his luck in Arizona. Given the choice, if you had to live in KC or Arizona, what would you choose? I can't. I've never lived in lived in either, so I wouldn't know which. I've one driven to through KC. I've been to Arizona a bunch of times. Okay, I could see myself much, much quicker living in Arizona than I could Kansas City. I think we should do a live show in Arizona. We got a strong sure. base of people who like us in Arizona. Tim Franco, uh, uh, PJ, now there, Ryan, there, uh, Vanessa. Uh, there's a number of people. Ashley should, Franco down there. Should do it. One of the Aaliyah. true desert communities. Yeah, get like the weirdos. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. We should do it at an outdoor amphitheater at night. Perfect. Actually, screw that. Let's just go to Denver and do Red Rocks. <laughs> We're gonna do an out, outdoor amphitheater, and then after that, we'll do the gorge up in the Pacific Northwest. Done and done. How much is Red Rocks? It must be expensive for a night. Oh, to rent it out? Oh, it must be a ten grand or something. Ten grand, dude. You need to bump that number way up. Oh, really? Fuck yeah. Like hundred grand. I bet you even more than that. Wow. Wow. Well, it also depends what time of year I need and what day up. of the week. I need to look this But if you up. wanted a Saturday, like, that's the thing. I don't even know if that, that information could be found on a simple it's, Google search. It's so big. Well, it's, you know, they've got to have levels upon levels. What is it? Upwards of $100,000, okay. including fees for equipment, security vendors, and the venue itself. I bet you on certain Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays <sighs> during the summer, it's higher than that. Probably. Wow. Wow. So you, they, it's, a, it's a small venue. That's oh. why there, there is a limit to how much they can charge. Right, right, right. It's the city of Denver owns it. It's one of 22 properties. The park, the park is free. Uh, yeah, oh, you can go. Oh, we'd have to mess with elevation, too. We're up in 6,000 feet of elevation. We pass out. Have you never? I, my parents live in Colorado. That's but, right. That's right. So I have zero problem at elevation. I don't know what you're worried about. Also, well, I'd be worried about trying to sell out. It's 9,500 seats. This yeah. Well, and that's a small venue, too. <laughs> you say for an iconic outdoor Ooh. venue, you can't really beat Red Rocks. It's pretty tough. The rental fee alone for concerts and other ticket events is 11% of admission revenue or $7,500, whichever is greater. You mean 75000 Se- uh, No, 7500 Nonprofits are charged eight percent of their admission re- revenue with a minimum of five thousand. The fee for a non- for a private non ticketed event such as a wedding is a hundred thousand during concert season. Yeah, so because they'll make more. Well, during concerts, there's no way they're just doing seventy five hundred a night. The off season rental fee for commercial and private entities is also ten grand. Ten grand. Ten, ten grand. Okay. Well, we'll we will build. Trust me. If we can do Red Rocks, I will never fight you on doing Red Rocks. The top 10 at Red Rocks would be incredible. It's like the only outdoor that works because it's a confined space. Yeah. Yeah. Because you need the energy kind of bouncing back at you for a podcast. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Red Rocks. Top 10 Red Rocks. Uh, That that means we made it. Oh, yeah. We can start doing London tours again, like tours of all of Europe. Well, this this is where, like, if anybody got to that kind of level podcasting you're going to somehow winnow your way into like being remembered for uh, who knows eventually if you did enough huge rock venues like that and got known for it 
could you make a case for, hey, what if you built a separate wing of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Because here's somebody that existed in the same sphere, like Tenacious D. Yeah, good point. They're not really rock and roll, but they still travel the same circles, sold yep. a lot of albums, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, I don't disagree with that. I don't know. I doubt it. Come on. But have some faith in us. No, I have faith in us. I'm saying of us making our own wing of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's what I'm saying. No, I don't think that would be possible. Maybe. You never know. That's a tough tough ask for anybody. I'll be honest with you. Um, But I'd like to do... I think now I've got it in my head of doing uh, Red Rocks. That's a terrible thing to put in my head. It's a great thing if we can... Hey, look. You believe in the secret, right? So go home tonight and do the secret. Do your vision board. Most people I know gave that shit up. <laughs> but, That's brilliant, man. I love that. I visualize us at Red Rocks. It's the, I like it. The dumbest, stupid, motivational. Oh, yeah. A friend gave me that Speak one it time. into the world. It'll happen. Okay. <laughs> you need to do a little more cocaine and then come to this realization. Uh, All right. That is it for the show this week. On that note. For old Stanny Tooch. Tooch. The big Tooch. Uh, Thank you to all our patrons. Uh, We... Honestly, your support means the world to us. Yeah, man. And uh, it's uh, you know the reason we can't do those live shows, and uh, on some level, it's still going to this day. True, it's because of your support and and all the help that we get to create these shows from uh, Chris Alexakos, Christos Alexakos. I apologize. Yeah. To Matt Hasso, to uh, Kristen Smith, and Joe Abara, and uh, the newest on board, Mike Shea, taking over for Clay Williams. Thank yeah. you, Clay. Good luck in school. Yes. And uh, our thanks to everybody that supports us here on the show. If uh, if you're new to us. Find us over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the top 10 show. If you'd like a shout out, it's t- patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. And you can hit me up online at Matt Nost anywhere on any social media. There you can find me at the Roca says on Twitter and Instagram. And please uh, don't forget about the cinephiles and please uh, Geek Buddies. Give it some love. The Geek Buddies, that's another show I do here. It's a lot of fun. A little podcast. Completely different from top 10. Completely different from cinephiles. So, you know. Last week it was plugging uh, was plug this, last that, week? and the other. Oh, this week, plug in this, that, and the what other. Plug- oh, deep cut this week. Yeah, also. I'm just, I'm constantly hustling, Matt. Just, I'm just saying. And Ramona Shelburne, great at interview what, there. At what point do I start getting a little taste of this, you know? <laughs> when you, you don't do anything else outside of this. Partially, doesn't matter. I'm trying to live. I get 50% of this airtime, well, and now you're kind of. Feel free to plug whatever you'd like over the next five minutes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's saucy it. Broads, Pew Saucy Broads Pizza. Go there. That is uh, Matt's wife's place. Go and get some food there. It's there a good go. distinction, though. It is. Yeah. It is my wife's place. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 100%. <laughs> I just want to give it some love. It is. That's how I describe it. Yeah. My wife owns a pizza shop. <laughs> that's right. It's perfect. All right, everybody. Take care of yourselves. We'll talk to you next time on the Top 10 Show. Top 10.